0: Hi and welcome to Wild Moke Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Caroline and I'm Susan. Every Thursday, we talk about true crime, conspiracies, paranormal phenomena, and everything weird or unexplained. Talking about Because you said yours was like growing by the second as you were working on it.
1: Holy crap. So it started out as just um, a, uh, I don't know, I don't know if there's a name for the phenomenon where somebody disappears and then they ultimately reappear.
0: No, but it happens a lot.
1: It happens a lot. It was just one of those. And I was like, oh, great. A nice little disappearance reappearance story. <laughs>
0: like, Oh my gosh. I hope it's the one I'm thinking of.
1: Which one are you thinking of?
0: Is it the like middle aged dad that like nope. dissip Oh man.
1: It's one I had never heard of. And I wanna go ahead and give credit because I don't wanna forget I actually saw it um, on TikTok. Okay. Jack Glitched is the TikToker that posted it and he does his TikToks a lot of times like I think he says I think he says he's serial killer TikTok. <laughs> but he's been doing missing people, missing persons cases. And he's really good. He usually does them in one video. So of course you're just getting the like the highlights. Yeah, yeah. And he did this one in two videos. And I was like, oh man, what a what an interesting case. Yeah. Perfect. The guy disappears, he reappears, he's okay, it has a happy ending. That's always nice. And then I started reading about it and I'm like, I feel like this goes way deeper than I was expecting. I'm so excited. So I now know are you aware that there is a Michigan Triangle? Yes.
0: Ariana, when we very first started, talked about that. But um, it has a name.
1: Uh, well, everything I'm reading, they're just calling it the Michigan Triangle.
0: Okay. So it's is it not the, like, Bennington Triangle or whatever? No, it's different. Okay. okay um, cool. So we have not talked about this.
1: So so we're going to – so today I'm going to talk about the disappearance and reappearance of Stephen Kubeki. But it's going to lead into an eventual part two, where we'll talk more about the Michigan Triangle because there's a whole lot here. Um, it's so interesting, and I was just like, the more I read, every time, every time I like found something new about it, mm-hmm. it like introduced a new little aspect. And I'm like, oh, son of a
0: bitch. <laughs> Sometimes that makes it hard for me to like pick a topic to discuss because I, I I'll see something like on TikTok or I'll just be like on Instagram and I'm like, yes, I want to make one about that and I start researching it and I'm like, oh my god, there's so much here. Okay, I need to find another topic that I can do.
1: <laughs> well, this one's like his disappearance in and of itself. We'll get we'll get into it. We'll get yeah. into it. Am okay. I am I gonna go first? Do you want me to go? I mean, we're already talking about it. I guess. Um.
0: Yeah, you go first. Yeah, since we're already talking about it, do it. Do
1: okay. it. So, this case is, like I said, the, the person's name is Stephen Kubecki, and he is, let me grab my notes real quick, and this case was on um, on Michigan, on, sorry, not Michigan, on, it, it has been on Missing
0: 411.
1: hmm So, in the winter of 1978, Stephen Kubecki was a student at Hope College He was actually 23 at the time, and just a few credits shy of graduating. He was meant to be graduating. I think this was winter, so I don't know if he was gonna be graduating. I think he was supposed to be graduating in that that same spring. Mm -hmm. Um, Hope College is just, I mean, it is a right near the... um, hmm, Sorry, (laughs) geography. (laughs) It's hard. The eastern bank of Lake Michigan. Okay. Which, I mean, I know that Lake Michigan is huge, but Lake Michigan is bigger, I think, than people, certainly than I really have ever thought about. It is it's actually. It's like an what ocean. It's, it is like, I think it may be the largest fresh body of water in the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's it nice. is massive yeah so this is kind of the kind of on this kind of towards the southern end of lake michigan but on the eastern bank okay. and the college is very very close to lake michigan um hope college is it is a liberal private liberal arts um conservative i'm going to say conservative kind of questioning i'm not 100 percent sure it says it's a liberal arts university um, and that it's a conservative Christian college. Okay. Doesn't always go together, really. <laughs> Even Christian liberal art, private Christian liberal arts schools tend to not be that conservative. No. So I'm not 100% sure. Um, maybe it's less conservative now than it was. This, you know, at this time, like I said, in 78, Stephen was less conservative than the vast majority of his classmates Mm -hmm. he has been described as a free spirit he lived off campus it's kind of indicated that him living off campus and him being a free spirit are tied together but the fact that he was 23 and was getting ready to graduate in a small college that's not uncommon because there's just not that much on-campus housing anyway so i'm not sure that those two things really are related to one another that was kind of the things that are mentioned about him. He was also an avid Dungeons and Dragons uh, tabletop game player.
0: Oh my gosh, that's crazy awesome. because that's very not conservative Christian game play. Not at all.
1: But so common at liberal arts university. Oh yeah. Their version of conservative, maybe far less conservative. <laughs> this is true. We think of as conservative in the South. At any rate, he was I guess he was just a little bit he, he and a group of about 20 friends were kind of the, we're the weirdos, Mr. Crowd, mm-hmm. which every, every school has, has at least one of those. Yeah. So he was also though, which this is fascinating to me because I love, um, I love people that have kind of widely varied interests. Yeah. So in addition to being kind of considered one of the weirdos and a very avid Dungeons and Dragons player, he was also a very accomplished outdoorsman. Hmm. He did a ton of skiing, backpacking, hiking, climbing. He was involved in organizations for those things. He had even traveled overseas specifically for some um, hiking and climbing um, destinations in Europe. Wow. So. he was also, he was basically just kind of your all-around good guy. He had no no issues that anybody was aware of. Um, he was doing really, really well in school. Like I said, he was getting ready to graduate. Um, everything in his life was good. So... When he let his family know that he was going to do a solo cross country skiing and hiking trip around Lake Michigan and would be out of touch for a few days, that was not unusual for them. Like that was something that was pretty common for him to do. He had done it before. Um, He was definitely um, experienced enough to take a trip like that solo without anybody being concerned. I mean, yeah, there's danger involved, but. You know it was not something he hadn't done before yeah but a few days go by and he has not returned his family is in massachusetts and they start getting concerned when they haven't heard from him when they expected they considered him to be very responsible and conscientious about communicating with them if he said he would call he would call mm-hmm. so they contact hope college as well as the local authorities to let them know that they're concerned Meanwhile, a couple of snowmobilers find a ski trail leading towards the lake. About 200 yards worth of just, you know, where you can see that someone was skiing there. Mm -hmm. And when they get to the edge of the lake, there are a pair of skis. And you're talking
0: like cross-country walking skis, skis.
1: yeah. A pair of skis. Um, placed as though somebody skied right up to the edge of the lake and then stepped out of them. The ski poles, right where they would be if you just left, you know, left your poles in the ground. And I'm going to put a question mark on this backpack because there are a couple of different ways that this story is told. In one version, the back they find the backpack sitting on top of the skis. In another version, which I think. That, I think the backpack was found when the skis were found mm-hmm. after reading a few things and watching a couple of different videos about it. But it's worth mentioning that the lore of this story actually is that the backpack wasn't initially found, but then sort of appeared in in an area that had already been very well searched, yeah. very close to where the skis were found at some point later Like, within a day or two. Like, not, like, a month later, but, like, fairly soon. I kind of think that that's just urban legend kind of stuff. Yeah. Just bad information. But it's worth mentioning that that's kind of the lore, that the backpack was not initially found. And then they ultimately did find it kind of in the same place. Okay. And then there were some footsteps leading from the edge of the lake out onto the ice a little ways and then they just stop.
0: Okay, so the skis were not like right directly up to the water like he, he could have taken a few steps onto the
1: okay. onto the ice. And this is winter and Lake Michigan does freeze. Yeah. So it's, the ice is thick.
0: Yeah. And this foot how do you see footsteps
1: on ice? I'm wondering. I guess because there's snow on the, over ice. the ice. Okay. So they were able to see footsteps but there were no other. There was only one set of footsteps. There's only one set of ski tracks, mm-hmm. and then the footsteps like they just go out a little ways onto the lake.
0: I'm gonna say just this really. I'm gonna say this really quick before I forget because I just listened to a podcast and it's reminded me of it. Most alien abductions <laughs> happen. You just have this like weird pull to like go to a certain area, and you don't know why, and then you lose hours or days of time and then boom, you're back. And that's, it's weird. It kind of makes me think of that. Like, why would he walk up to the lake and just stand there and like, you just, who
1: knows? That is definitely one of the theories as to what may have happened to him. Yeah. So when they find his belongings, when the snowmobilers find his, his skis and they are, they are ultimately determined to be his, Um, again, this is where there's a little bit of differing information. Initially, everything I read said that his wallet and his ID are in the backpack. But then I read another thing that said that they actually were able to identify that it was his because of a bill that had his name on it that was in the backpack. Mm. So I'm not clear 100% if his wallet was with the backpack or not with the backpack. Okay. Um, which does make a difference to me but I just could not be sure because there are two I mean it's just two completely different things one most of the things say that his wallet was in the backpack but there are a few that say no that actually that's not how they were able to identify it at all sure. so I'm not 100% sure which way that is but when they first find this these things the search hasn't started for him yet they find these right about the same time Like, within the same day that his family is contacting authorities, letting them know that that they're concerned. Mm -hmm. So, they don't initially know that somebody's missing, but it is winter. It is, you know, in the north. Obviously, there are concerns about the possibility of somebody falling in the ice or just getting lost and being out in the elements where it's very, very cold. So... They do immediately report what they find. So, um, which I have to, I just have to say, I want to give huge credit to the sheriff's department because this is kind of a small town, but they almost immediately put these two reports together. Like almost immediately go, wait a minute. These people found these skis and a backpack. These people are saying that their son was cross-country skiing and he's missing we need to be looking in this area because this, like we have a missing person that matches this stuff. Yeah. So um, they start, a, they organize a search right away and it gets, I mean, it becomes a massive search very quickly. Hundreds of people, they had air support. They had search dogs who were able to track his scent, but they could basically track his scent to the edge of the lake right yeah. kind of where his belongings were found and that was it so of course there was concern that he'd fallen through the ice but they could not ever find any place that the ice i mean you can tell where there's if there's been especially when you know we're only talking about a few days mm-hmm. one way or the other you can tell if there has been a disturbance in the ice most times yeah so they find nothing but, of course, they're concerned that that's what's happened. Um, like I said, he his life was going really well. And uh, this is what the authorities start looking at. Did he, is this a suicide? Is this a purposeful disappearance? What is, you know, does he have a reason to want to disappear or to hurt himself? So, the answer is pretty much no. They can't find anything that indicates that he was struggling at all like I said his everything at school was really well, going really well his grades were really good um, he has a healthy social life he actually has like three girlfriends um what <laughs> not exactly when he had been traveling in Europe he had he had two there were two different women who he was um, in relationships with in Germany and a third one in France so they weren't. They ended, exact- I guess I know right. They weren't exactly like current girlfriends because they were so far apart, and he did, you know, as when he came home, he ended relationships. Mm-hmm. But he had, you know, he had he had women he could go visit in a couple of places. Get it? So of course they checked to see. Um, his brother immediately knows what airline he would take if he was going to go to Germany he had once before um kind of taken off suddenly and gone to Germany for like a week uh-huh. um and German is one of the things that he was studying
0: okay.
1: so they start checking flight manifests flight records travel records um the investigation and the search is is handled very very well and it's extremely extensive and um when they're not able to turn up anything locally i mean they just there's just nothing so when that kind of starts to fall off even though it seems like the report kind of sound like it makes it sound like people thought that he fell through the ice Mm -hmm. but apparently nobody really thought that they just couldn't come up with another explanation right because the the footprints just disappear right So, but his brother actually hires private investigators to continue searching, um, and they find nothing. Approximately 15 months later, in May of 1979, Stephen wakes up. That's the term that everybody uses. I guess just sort of the first time he's aware of what's happening. He is in a field in Pittsfield, Massachusetts about 700 miles from where he disappeared but only about 40 miles from his father's home What? He has with him a bag or either a backpack or some kind of a bag that has maps in it. Um he has money. About I think it said like $40 in his pocket. His he he's had a haircut. He is wearing new glasses, which are his correct prescription. He's wearing clothes he does not recognize. And one of the things that he has is a t-shirt from a Wisconsin marathon. And he doesn't recognize any of these things. He's fully aware of who he is. Yeah. He doesn't know where he is. And he has no idea until he kind of walks from this field into the nearest town um, and sees the date on a newspaper. He has no idea that... He doesn't know he's missing, one. Yeah. And two, he has, has absolutely no idea how long he's been missing. So he literally... He actually gets to another family member's house that's closer than his father's house, mm-hmm. which is, I think, an aunt's house. And the aunt immediately takes him to his father's house. And he shows up on his father's front doorstep.
0: What in the
1: world? So. He only. For a long time. Because there's a kicker here. For a long time. He basically. Would not give any interviews about. This. Mm -hmm. And his reasoning behind it was. I don't remember anything. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) He's. Physically, completely fine. Um, he says he does not have any um, psychological stress, anything like that from it. Because he doesn't remember anything. Did they ever try and find out through records if he was
0: actually in that Wisconsin marathon?
1: Yes. He's not. Not with his name. Um probably wasn't as official as it is today. They had records. They were able to. Yeah, but you could give any name, I'm sure. You could give any name.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's kind of the thing. There's nobody by his name. Kubeki is not a terribly uncommon name, apparently. There were a handful of people with that last name Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that ran in the only marathon that they could associate with, you know, a t-shirt that was a participation t-shirt but they just there was nothing that, spe- that, that like definitively says yes he was there. So maybe he ran it, maybe he bought the shirt, maybe he stole the shirt, maybe he, someone gave him the shirt. I was
0: um, going to say like maybe he was with somebody this whole time and there was just like a lot of like drugging him. I don't maybe, know, that's
1: kind of um He was physically, they did do a physical exam. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure whether they ran the toxicology report, but it would stand to reason that they would.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, and the only thing about, that came out about that is that he was physically fine. What the fuck? So, he goes on, they, I don't know if he ended up going... Hope College had actually awarded him a bachelor's degree in absentia, as he was only like two or three credits from graduation. So I know that he um, contacted them and wanted the in absentia removed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually ended up having to go back to finish his credits. I know that he did. He did go. He did end up with a degree in linguistics and then got a master's degree in i believe it's clinical psychology. Okay. Now let me read you the title of the book that he wrote. Yeah. I'm going to find it real quick because I can And can't how
0: long think. after the incident did he write this book?
1: Um, I'm not 100% sure. The book is not about his disappearance. His disappearance is not mentioned. And anything about him other than the things that are specifically about his disappearance. This is his bio. Okay. From his website. Stephen R. Kubacki, PhD, is a believer in praxis, the old Greek word that denotes the making real of ideas and imagination through some form of action. He is not merely interested in the frontiers of knowledge, but engages in activities and adventures, physical and cerebral to expand the boundaries of the possible. In his life's work, he fancies himself as an applied philosopher with a wide range of interests across many varied disciplines and professions, including psychology, economics, political science, sociology, literature, history, general philosophy, philosophy of science, and modern critical theory. This goes on to give his kind of his background. It does not mention Anything uh, about his disappearance? Uh, let's see. He was awarded a Fulbright Hayes Fellowship in philosophy and psychoanalysis at Frankfurt University in Germany, and he became, after a two-year internship at Dartmouth in 1992, he became a professor at the University of Wyoming and was awarded a fellowship by the American Psychoanalytic Association. He became the director of clinical training at Argosy University, Seattle in 1998, and later served as the chair of the Department of Psychology at Bastor University until 2003. He currently has a full-time clinical practice and wants someday to become a full-time writer and blogger.
0: This guy lived a fucking life.
1: This dude... Okay, and he's... Brilliant! Wow, like, brilliant. The book that he wrote. Okay, here it is. Author of. It's a long title. That's why I was like, I want to read it exactly. So the book that he wrote. Let's see. When did this? The title of the book that he wrote is meta mathematical. No nope. rewind. <laughs> Meta-mathematical foundations of existence. Godel, quantum, God, and beyond.
0: That sounds like I don't understand anything.
1: That sounds like this dude knows way more about what the fuck happened to him than he is telling anybody. And he's banking on it. But kind of not.
0: You don't think so? No. I guess, is he not making a lot of money on
1: his career and stuff? Like, it doesn't really, he doesn't trade on it at all. Now, it may have, like, that experience, it seems to me, like, pretty clearly, like, pushed him in a direction. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like anything, like, he doesn't talk about it. Um People have tried to interview him. He does not grant interviews. He has an ex-wife. People have tried to interview his ex-wife, and she categorically refuses to speak to anyone about him.
0: Okay. I have a question. Okay. Could it be, because how old was he at the time?
1: 23.
0: 23. Very young. Mm -hmm. He was in college. Seemed a little out of the norm. Yeah. Could it just be that he literally, like, went on a bender wanted to disappear and changed his mind and didn't want to admit to that. So he came up with this, like, mystery. Could it be? Yeah, it could be. Because it was the 70s. I mean, people were not, I mean, not that they were accepting, like, we're not that accepting now, but we definitely weren't that accepting of things like
1: that then. True. And it could, I mean, yeah, I think it, I think that could be it. I mean, the question is, do you believe what he says or don't you believe what he says? Well, now I need to know, like, Oh, you mean like his story? He says he doesn't okay. remember anything. Yeah. He has always maintained that there's nothing for him to talk about because he doesn't remember anything. Okay. All right. yeah. However, comma, mm. I found something that is fascinating that if I can find more information on, um, I will absolutely update yeah. Uh, as of now, I was not able, so I found this webpage for another author whose name is Dylan James Quarles, and on the list of his books is the title, The Quantum Biography of Stephen Kubacki. I can't find this book anywhere. Like maybe it was pulled? I don't know if and i and what's on his site um I'll, i'm gonna read the blurb it's a yeah. little bit long but um it's a hundred percent worth reading because it was the thing that i was like what the fuck did i get into <laughs> oh my god read it read it read it i can't i think maybe the book has not yet been published oh, okay so maybe okay this is this says a word from the author the quantum biography of Stephen Kubaki tells tells a true story of a young man who vanished without a trace in 1978 only to wake up in a field 15 months later claiming no recollection of the event. At the time the case was big news, made bigger by Kubacki's unwillingness to grant interviews or give any hints as to where he might have been for those missing 15 months. Time passed and the story took on a life of its own, spawning dozens of conspiracy theories, ranging from alien abduction to the mysterious Michigan Triangle to divine intervention. In 2018, Kubaki co-authored a book on the inconsistencies and incompleteness of our understanding of reality. That's the one I read you the title for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Further fueling speculation that something truly extraordinary happened to him in 1978. Here's where I enter the story. My name is Dylan James Quarles. And I knew Stephen Kubacki for six years before learning of his famous case. After a strange dream about my old mentor, I took to the internet to do some sleuthing. What I found both shocked and excited me. Never never before had I guessed that my friend Stephen Kubacki was the source of a vast web of conspiracy theories, all of them stemming from his unsolved disappearance. When I asked Stephen what really happened to him in 1978, He surprised me again by offering to tell me the truth. The only catch? We had to go back to the beginning. Starting with Kubacki's birth in 1954, the story is told in a mixture of conversations and narrative vignettes, interwoven throughout parallel timelines, Explore some of the Internet's more outlandish theories about Kubacki's disappearance. Bolstered by the man's own assertion that our universe is at best incomplete and at worst inconsistent, these alternate realities echo the true events of, sh- of a life stranger than fiction. Picture a newborn unheld for six weeks while his mother cover- recovers from pneumonia. Picture a man at odds with his working class family receiving a scholarship to the prestigious Deerfield Academy. Imagine the cultural upheaval of the early 1970s as seen through the eyes of a college student experimenting with mind-expanding substances. Get it. Travel to the University of Freiburg in Germany, where an affair with a beautiful professor brings Kubacki into the company of revolutionaries and radicals, and finally, follow the events, which lead to that day in 1978, when Stephen Kubacki skied out onto the frozen expanse of Lake Michigan and vanished without a trace. Here, I must become vague and practice prudence. Rest assured, I do have all the answers. For now, you will simply have to trust that just because a man is declared dead does not mean that the story of his life is over. Certainly, Kubacki's mother never believed so. That's why she hired a private investigator to hunt for her son when all others had given up. In the end, Kubacki and I leave no question unanswered, no truth unexplored. For the first time since waking up in a field 15 months after being declared legally dead, Stephen Kubacki is ready for people to know what really happened.
0: Oh my god. Oh, it, there's no like there's no information about a pre release or like I could
1: not find anything other than people chattering about um the fact that this showed up but okay now here's something that bothers me about this since I'm gonna leave since I'm since I'm gonna leave you with this ridiculous teaser trailer
0: for real. Uh,
1: He's a fiction author. Okay. Not to say that authors of fiction cannot write nonfiction books. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's not, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. But the fact that I couldn't find anything except for what's on his website about it.
0: And what is that website called?
1: It's It's the the author's website. It's um, it's djqfiction.com. The author's name is Dylan James Quarles with a Q. There's chatter about the fact that this, um, there's a whole Reddit thread about the fact that this showed up um, December of last year is when the thread started. Mm-hmm. Talking about the fact that this shows up. On, on this author's webpage and that it looks like it's a blurb for an upcoming book. But it doesn't tell it's us so vague. Anything about like where to buy it. Can you pre order it? Like
0: And like you know. looked on
1: Amazon and stuff? I looked on Amazon. I looked on Goodreads. I can't find it anywhere except for where it shows up on his website and then like you know where it's referenced in some internet chatter about him and let me just give you one more teaser trailer yeah in the process of looking for this I come across the anchor which is Hope College's student newspaper with an article entitled Michigan Triangle Claims Another Victim And this is from October 30th, 2020. And it's talking about another Hope College student that didn't come home. Now, I'm going to stop that there and say I did not, I have not yet researched this person. I don't know if this person has since been found alive or dead. I don't know. But the fact that when I came across it looking for researching him what i came across was this article from his college's newspaper very recently about another disappearance i was like again what the hell did i get I, I was just looking for a nice clean disappearance reappearance story um
0: i'm i'm like <sighs> i want to read that book so fucking bad
1: Trust me when I tell you that I will not stop looking for it. And if it ever does appear, not only will I get one, so will you.
0: And he's a real author. He has other books.
1: He has, you know, I started to just say yes. But let's just see if we can find one of his other books somewhere. Just to be sure that he's actually a real author. Oh, wait, that one actually has a.
0: This one has a purchase link on Amazon. Purchase link. So the only
1: thing I can, it doesn't, the blurb doesn't have a date on it. So, I mean, it looks like if his books are in order from, like, for release date, this would be the most recent one. So I don't know if maybe that just means it's just not released yet. He has an email address. My God, will you email him? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Here, do you want me to do it so I can do it? You have access to the email, don't you?
1: I don't know. Do you want me to do it from the email just so me- it looks... Okay, yeah. Yes, because I was going to say, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, if nothing else, he should be wanting to say when this book is coming out or... Unless attempt. it's a, you know, not I, real. I don't know. But I mean, he. it looks like he's a legit author. So, like, that wouldn't really, like, that wouldn't gain him anything, especially given that there's already internet chatter about the fact that this blurb shows up. Yeah. So... I don't know, I mean, I will say that I think the fact that, to me, the fact that he never profited off of any of this, Uh I'm not sure that I absolutely believe that he doesn't remember anything still. I do believe, I think, I believe, that at the time, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be more complicated than that there is one um report this person says that they drove somebody who did not give their name as steven kubacki um who gave them a ride i'm not sure if it was a cab or it, it it was i read it in one place um in massachusetts to I don't know if it was exactly to the aunt's house or just to, in that area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I yeah. don't know if that's real. It kind of sounds like a thing that somebody might say for attention, just because there's like nothing else to back it up.
0: Yeah,
1: just saying like, oh, well, I gave that person a ride to his aunt's house, and I think it said, I think he said that the person said something about. I'm going to, um, something about, I'm, I'm going to let my aunt know about solving a disappearance or something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a little too, like, I don't know. Weird. Yeah. It sounds like sketchy. It just sounds sketchy. It sounds like the kind of thing that you might say if you just wanted, I mean, some people just desperately want to be involved. (laughs) So next
0: next week are you going to do the other disappearance?
1: Well, so next week we have our episode with Courtney from the Ghoul Guide, but then the week after that, yes. So it's a huge cliffhanger, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Like the guys the guys alive and well, he's had a very I mean, he's as far as I can tell had a pretty great life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I don't know. I don't know if I believe that he doesn't remember anything. I think I believe that he probably, um, at least mostly didn't remember what happened to him.
0: Yeah.
1: But was it, was it aliens? Was it, um, dissociative amnesia? Was it some other kind of dissociative mental disorder?
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: given that nothing else has ever, um, there's no other indication in his life. I mean, he was 23. Mm-hmm. Initially, my first thought is this is the onset of schizophrenia. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. Common, you know, that that's such a common age, especially in men, for schizophrenia to emerge. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't appear like he's had anything else. Like, nothing else in his life indicates that he might have ex- been experiencing symptoms of schizophrenia.
0: It makes me wonder a little bit, because in that little blurb, they talked about um, his uh, sort of use of psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder, like, was he, for 15 months, just straight, like, popping mushrooms and
1: doing shit, and he's... But here's (sighs) the thing, it still doesn't explain.
0: No, it doesn't. How
1: his footprints just go out onto this lake and then just... Poof.
0: Aliens. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of aliens, you sent me that link this week about how the, um, was it the FBI or the CIA came out and, like, said that this video of the triangle or <laughs> pyramid-shaped UFO, girl, there was, like, a thousand-page document a few weeks ago that the CIA released. And nobody, I I have not read it. I know people have, have read it and, like, have talked about it. But they're basically telling us that aliens are real.
1: UFOs okay. are real. Okay, so anytime people are like, do you believe in UFOs? I'm like, do I believe that something can be flying and not identified? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Do I believe in, in unidentified flying objects that are also pil- piloted by aliens? Also, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there, this year,
1: 2020. In
0: 2021, it feels weird to say, we've had the uh, most UFO sightings. Like, just, I, I, know that. I keep hearing about it and I keep seeing and
1: articles. People were just home and they had nothing else to do.
0: And, you know, our cameras are better. Um, you're right. People are home. There's nothing better to do. And it's become this thing that people are becoming more accepting of.
1: And so they're That's looking for true. it. Yeah, that's definitely true.
0: Anyway, I'm excited. I hate, I see TikToks a lot that are like freaking out about aliens. And I just want to comment and be like, this is the reason that they haven't been honest with us about anything.
1: Because you're freaking out about shit. Like, honestly, people have been seeing UFOs since forever. Yeah. If the aliens have not eaten you yet, they're probably not planning on it. (laughs) Okay, so I
0: saw this. Ta- Do you ever see the Time Traveler accounts on TikTok?
1: No. I okay. need to oh my gosh, on TikTok.
0: Man. I need to tag you in this one. I, I added him, and I check back every now and then. And he's pre- he's predicted a few small things that really he couldn't have predicted without, I don't know. It's just a little odd. I don't think a Time Traveler came back and like was like, I have to get on TikTok to warn Gen Z. But at the same time, we don't know.
1: We don't fucking know. We don't know anything. What would you do if you time traveled?
0: If I time traveled?
1: Yeah. That just gives me anxiety
0: to think about. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the good person in me is like, well, I'd go back and I fix everything that white people fucked up. But then but I'm like, that
1: even, like, I mean,
0: but where do you start?
1: Or teach us nothing. Did what? Did Back to the Future teach us nothing? Or, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like, I mean, every incarnation, and this is fascinating to me, too. Every incarnation of time traveler stories, some shit gets fucked up because people time travel. Yeah. Which, I'm like, I mean, okay, I can see how that could be. But, like, why is that a universal constant? Is it, like, some weird like subliminal like time travel is totally possible but here's why you should be afraid of it thing that's happening <laughs> or or it's one of those things that people are afraid of things they don't understand so obviously something bad's going to happen if you do something you don't understand
0: I think it's a little of both one thing this time t- I'm doing like air, air quotes time traveler said was that people are time traveling back to the year 2021 specifically because that's when shit started to hit the fan and they're trying to, like, reverse history a little bit.
1: Y'all couldn't have gone back one more goddamn year?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we needed I'm the plague, afraid. Susan. <laughs> like, what, going back one more year to skip this whole pandemic shit? Oh, and maybe to be like, hey, George, Mr. Floyd, this way. no. Nobody wants to fuck with that. Y'all just want to come back to 2021? Yeah. I have questions and concerns.
0: And concerns. So that's, I feel like I, one of us brings up TikTok every episode.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's a great way to be. I've seen so much. Perfect entertainment platform for the ADHD. (laughs)
0: For real, it really is because there's so many different types of videos, and you're just like da da da, fifteen now seconds. Now letting seconds. some
1: people do like longer videos, I'm like, no, nope. no more what? than one minute. No I one didn't know that. More than one minute? Do you?
0: Um, I'm kind of like, oh, I have to tell. Okay, so two things. I'm kind of bummed that I'm still doing cryptids. I love cryptids, but like I have so many other topics that I want to talk about. But you don't have to do, do them every
1: week. You can skip over it. like i might next week, could be like, week everybody will be fine they're all the same they're all bigfoot they're all bigfoot <laughs> this is the conclusion all cryptids are really just bigfoot
0: i had to tell you something funny that happened today so I, I go to wake rich up and we're like talking or whatever and then he gets up and i lay on the bed and we're talking about how he would kill me if he could and i'm like he would never kill me. Like, I hear about these people that have been together for 20, 25 years, and then the guy all of a sudden just, like, loses his shit and kills his wife. And I'm like, I don't trust you anymore, because you could do that to me. I mean, I don't trust you. And so then I lay down, and he he's a big guy. He's like six, three, three hundred 300 pounds, maybe. I'm not really sure. And I'm five five.
1: Poor Rich is going to be like, wait, that's not... Like, wait.
0: <laughs> wait, hold on. That's not right. I know it's height for sure. Um, He lays on top of me and, like, grabs the bottom of the bed and pushes down with his chest. And he's, like, slowly, very calmly saying, this is how I would kill you. I would crush you to death. And he's he keeps doing it. And he's so
1: calm. And I'm laughing at first. And then I freak out. Because <laughs> I'm like, freak- are you? Like, that's how you get stabbed in the neck with a fucking nail file that you had no idea was on my side of the bed. I mean, like, I have to put that on the podcast because I have to protect myself. Because look, (laughs) bro, nobody's going to believe she just died in her sleep now.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, wouldn't they be able to see that I, like, was strangled to death? And he's like, no, because all I would do is push your lungs down so it would be like you stopped
1: breathing. I was like, what the fuck, bro? Is he like related to the witch killers because I just, it just feels a lot like pressing with stones and I'm really uncomfortable with it. I don't know. He is,
0: (laughs) he's into dark humor like me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's
1: good that you are too.
0: Yeah. But I got scared for like a split second. I was like, Oh my God, this is funny. Cause he'll do that. He'll just lay on top of me sometimes. And I'm like, Oh God, I can't get you off. But he was, like, really Mm-mm. pushing See, down no, on me.
1: That's how you get harmed.
0: So now you guys know, if you ever hear, oh, my gosh, Caroline from Wild and Woke, she passed away. She just, she's we don't know. She just stopped breathing. Rich did it. And you know how he did it.
1: Sir, we are watching you. <laughs> okay. He's going to be like, oh, great. Now you put this shit out there and you got my weight wrong. <laughs> I don't know,
0: babe, how much you weigh. I wonder if he can hear me. Probably not. He probably has his headphones on.
1: I was going to say, could hear you maybe. Listening, probably
0: not. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to do three more states this week. Where are they all do- big <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm going to do Georgia. Hawaii is actually pretty cool. And then Idaho.
1: Idaho's got to be big but. Mm. I mean, they have Bigfoot there, right? I don't know. They have potatoes. I know
0: that. Don't they have forests and shit? You're asking the wrong person.
1: Apparently, I am also the wrong person.
0: (laughs) I didn't even know it snowed in Arizona. (laughs) Did you know it snows in Arizona? Well, I mean... Like, up in the mountains? Like, regularly? Like, in the winter?
1: I didn't know that, no. Because I was looking at, like... In my head, all of Arizona is just Phoenix. And I know, I mean, like, intellectually, I know that's not true. But in my head, it's just Phoenix. I was planning our trip we're taking
0: in June. And I was looking at the website for the Grand Canyon, which is in Flagstaff, Arizona, sort of. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it said that they, certain roads are closed in the winter. And it showed pictures. It's like a
1: full-on fucking mountain of snow crazy i now really feel as though i should have known that (laughs) seems like a normal thing to learn growing up in geography class but i'm not gonna say i mean i guess i just never it's not so much i didn't i just never thought about it
0: yeah because again in
1: my head all of arizona is just phoenix it's just like desert and cactuses and stuff
0: arizona and new mexico and nevada are just like one big state to me for sure like lots of red rocks and cactuses
1: this Billy the Kid might have hidden.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what it is to me.
1: Same, hundred percent same.
0: Okay, so and Georgia- I've been to
1: New Mexico. Oh, you so- have? I've been to Arizona too, actually, because I've been to the Grand Canyon.
0: I've never been out there. I've been to Seattle and Oklahoma.
1: I've been to Oklahoma. I've never been to Seattle. It's pretty. Um, I mean, I mean, can like yeah, I've been to Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma exists. There it is.
0: I went to Oklahoma for my brother's um, boot yeah boot camp graduation, and we fly in and it starts. It's just a normal day. There's no flood warnings and it starts raining while we're at Buffalo Wild Wings and then boom, flash flood. Everything <laughs> shuts down. We have to sit in Buffalo Wild Wings for three hours. <laughs> and then there's tornado warnings. I'm just like, what is happening?
1: That must have cost you like a fortune in ranch dressing. <laughs> At, like, 60 cents a thing or whatever.
0: They <laughs> um, it was just
1: crazy because, like, f- light poles are
0: falling in the middle of the road. And we're just, like, in there at Buffalo Wild Wings. It was dry two hours ago. It's really yeah. flat there.
1: That's just Tornado Alley, though, and I live in Tornado Alley, too. Like, I sleep. I've slept through tornadoes. Literally slept through tornadoes. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Okay.
0: You want to oh. hear about some cryptids?
1: Let's talk cryptids. I'm, I'm gonna, especially excited
0: about Hawaii. I'm going to butcher the name for this Georgia cryptid. It's Alt, Altima, Altahamahaha. Altahamahaha. Sure. Okay. So, this strange cryptid is described as having a sturgeon like body, including a bony ridge on its top. So, a sturgeon is going to be like a yeah. fish. Big ass fish, yeah. It has front flippers and no back limbs. It swims like a dolphin and has the snout of a crocodile. It has large protruding eyes and large sharp teeth. Its coloring is said to be gray or green with a white yellow underbelly. Reports indicate that it's anywhere from 20 to 30 feet long, although some have stated seeing smaller or larger versions of the creature, suggesting that that cryptid there's different types of that cryptid different
1: it sizes sounds of like that an cryptid. alligator gar like an a what? really big alligator gar
0: an alligator gar
1: yeah google it real quick it's a fish is it real yeah okay yeah it's fucking um, terrifying but they are real i've seen one in real life that's how i know for sure it's real
0: alligator gar fish okay here we go
1: ew Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: That's exactly what that looks like. That's exactly. Like, Those you're just are climbing, tiny. And I'm like,
1: that's just an alligator core <laughs> But it th- but look, to be clear, I don't think that they, they get big, but I don't think they get 20 feet big.
0: Also, did you see my post on Facebook about how all the supposed sea monsters are just whale penises coming up out of the water? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I laughed, and then the, then the little voice in my brain that always goes, giant squid, was like, <laughs> Giant squid. <laughs> like, they're not all just whale penises. Giant squids were real. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to make
0: that into a quote really quick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, that is an alligator gar, and that is a possibility, but I, d- I doubt they get 20 to 30 feet long.
1: No, they do I mean, they get big, but I don't know. I don't know what, a like, the largest they would get. I want to say, like, maybe five feet. Like, if they get pretty big, mm-hmm. and... I will say this, if I didn't know those things existed and I just like saw one and it was five feet long, it might look 20 feet long. Yeah. Because they're terrifying. They're like
0: Like, alligator fish. They are
1: legitimately, they are legitimately creepy to look at, especially when they're like real and they're swimming and they're doing fish stuff.
0: So the sightings for this date all the way back to the 1830s. Um, there were multiple sightings that were reported to the Savannah Georgian, which was a newspaper. The primary eyewitness was a captain. Um, he was a captain of the Schooner Eagle. He reported seeing a large creature off of St. Simon's Island below the mouth. Oh, it's a river. The Altahama River. His description stated it was about seventy feet long. Sea captains and their exclamations,
1: like, is that the rum talking, sir? Or <laughs> also in my head, all sea captains are just Jack Sparrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, with one leg. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, he said it was seventy feet long. Its circumference, its circumference, about the size of a barrel, and its head resembled that of an alligator. Five other men on the ship also reported having seen the monster, as well as several people on St. Simon's Island. So in the 1920s, um, timbermen were riding the river, and they reported seeing a large snake-like water monster. In 1935, a group of hunters spotted what they called a giant snake. In the 1940s, Boy Scouts reported seeing a creature, as well as some prisoners, that were doing prisoner work um, in the 1950s. There's a lot of sightings. There's one in 1969. There's a lot.
1: There's I mean, that's like a significant, like yeah, ongoing, c- pretty consistent.
0: The thing report. is, they all kind of range in size. So the sea captain was the biggest one. It was 70 feet, he says. But they range from 10 to 20, which is a pretty broad spectrum, I think. Yeah. Um, but they I all agree. they all describe basically the same thing, this, the crocodile face, um, the same color. He's in the river. Um, it looks like a crocodile, but it's just big, and it also is very fish-like. But they go all the way into the 1980s, and I think the most recent one, well, there's two recent ones. There's um, one in 2002, and he, a man was pulling a boat up um, in the... Brunswick River and he reported seeing something over 20 feet in length and 6 feet wide break the water and then in 2010 an amateur photographer captured a video of something strange and like this creature swimming in the channel off of Fort King George Historic Site in Darien, Georgia I believe but that's the most recent one. I could not find the video
1: That's disappointing. I know I right. wonder if alligator gars, um, let's look it up. Swim in schools.
0: Let's look up how big they are
1: first. I want to say they get to be, I want to say like, at, like they, they can get to be like about five feet, but I could be wrong. Oh, they can grow up to 10 feet.
0: Yeah. That's Which is horrifying. basically, that's <laughs> basically a fucking sea monster. That is a
1: sea monster.
0: That is crazy. So it could have been... Okay, so now i got to find out where they... Alligator Gar Fish Rivers? Alligator Gar, Texas. So they're in Texas. Uh,
1: Yeah. See, this is why when people are like, let's go to the lake, I'm like, let's go to the pool. Right? Like, There's literally stuff in there that will eat you. I mean, probably not me, but look, a 10-foot alligator gar could take a bite.
0: Okay, it says alligator gar inhabit aquatic habitats found in the southern United States, reservoirs, lakes, backwaters of lowland rivers, and in um bayous and bays.
1: I'm calling this alligator gars. I am too. Georgia. Thing? I will tell you that if we, the first time, I mean, you just found out about them, I didn't know about them for the longest time. The first time I found out about it, I was like that is not a real thing. Yeah. It does. Seriously, guys, look at that. Then I saw one in real life and I was like, oh, a small one. I mean, like, it was like probably three feet, two, three
0: feet. This makes so much sense to me because they're seen in the Gulf of Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi River. Anywhere in the Southern United States, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois, Florida, Georgia. Like, this is this and what it has
1: I believe they're considered an invasive species.
0: Uh-huh. I don't know.
1: So, um, there's lots of them.
0: Oh, yeah, it just literally says right here. Invasive species. Okay. I'm so, yeah, we, we just debunked that
1: bitch. Information. <laughs> What'd you say? I know some of the most random information. It's been so helpful, though. Like, we literally solved a
0: cryptid case.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Solved. Boom. Solved. Some
0: podcast girls solve true crime. We solve cryptid cases.
1: Solve cryptid cases. Okay, moving on to Hawaii. I just want to say real quickly that I feel like people in Georgia know for sure these are alligator guards. And they just choose to be like, no, it's our cryptid. But it is. Leave it alone.
0: <laughs> we don't have anything else. Although there, in Georgia there is like a big um, Bigfoot area. hmm Okay. Hawaii.
1: Oh, I'm excited.
0: Me too. Because when you think of cryptid, you think of like Bigfoot or S- Sasquatch. I think they're the same thing. I'm not sure. I'm but not Hawaii, sure, yeah. Hawaii is its own little island. So I'm like, what could possibly be out there? And I it's-
1: really want Bigfoot to be able to go to travel and take a beach vacation.
0: I don't think Big, Bigfoot likes tropical locations, to be honest.
1: Well, can you imagine all the fur?
0: No, I can't. Okay, Hawaii is called, they're cryptid. I'm doing air quotes because when I looked up cryptids, I looked and looked. and I went to like the 10th page of Google. Menehune. M-E-N-E-H-U-N-E. So it's a mi- mythical dwarf people.
1: I was totally expecting some sort of sea monster. No. i was so happy right now.
0: <laughs> there was like a sea monster, but uh, sightings of it were not. They were like way, 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 way a long time ago. And I was like, this is part of the Hawaiian culture, this um mythical dwarf people. So let me read about it real quick. So, they're said to live in deep forest in hidden valleys in the Hawaiian Islands, and they're hidden far away from human settlements. No one but their children and humans connected to them are able to see the Minehune. Minehune. It's already a little like <laughs> okay, I know people. I like it. So, legend says they came to Hawaii long before the first Polynesians appeared on the island, which was 1,500 years ago. According to ancient origins, when the apparent First settlers arrived, dams, roads, and temples already existed in the area, and they were erected by the original inhabitants.
1: So were they just really small?
0: It, yeah, like, I'm going to post a picture of it on social media. I love there's, this. There's not, like, a picture of it, obviously, because nobody's really, like, seen them. But there's, like, statues. People have little statues of them. Oh And they're, like, they're not... I don't know because I feel like we as living in the States when we think of like a cryptid or something weird it's like like fairies only a certain few people are like yeah fairies are real but everyone in Hawaii this is part of their like culture like
1: these I little love pe- things like that I
0: know.
1: like in Iceland they completely believe in gnomes I think it's Iceland oh my god that they like legit believe in gnomes they're like legally protected it's like a whole thing I think it's it's Iceland. I'm going to have to double check. So if it's not Iceland and somebody knows it's not Iceland, just send hate mail, whatever.
0: Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, Okay, so it said that when these inhabitants build, they do so at night. And if they don't finish the work in that one evening, what they worked on stayed undone, stayed unoccupied and unfinished.
1: Well, that sounds exhausting. I know,
0: right? It's like that's what they do, that they're, like, there to build. If humans do come, they abandon the task and never return. They're They're like ADHD dwarves. (laughs) (laughs) They're often mischievous. Um, They love bananas and fish. Weird U.S., which is a website, describes them as hairy figures with descended bellies, bushy eyebrows, large eyes, and short noses. <laughs> so, in 2003, fossils were discovered on Flores Island in Indonesia, um, and the fossils were dubbed the Hobbit by popular press. And I they, remember
1: seeing that.
0: Yeah, they were described as a very small human race living on a tropical island, which kind of ties back into the um, Menehune.
1: That's awesome.
0: I know. I, I love them. I love that, and it's not technically encrypted. I don't because it's not like a. I think it's just tiny humans. I don't think it's
1: like. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's good. A it's a good like local. I say local. I mean state legend, though. That's pretty great.
0: Yeah, I think it is. Um, so yeah, that's Hawaii. I love it. Idaho. I thought it was going to disappoint. I really did because I don't expect much from Idaho, but potatoes really.
1: But look, potatoes are amazing. Oh
0: my God, I fucking love potatoes. They're
1: the best thing. Oh God. Tell me you saw the clip of Dolly Parton talking about t- about potatoes.
0: No, and I love Dolly Parton.
1: Somebody asked what her favorite food was and her answer was potatoes. And in her perfect Dolly Parton-ness, she describes all of the wonderful things about potatoes and the fact that every diet she ever failed on was because of a potato. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like, so funny. Dolly- my
0: grandma hates potatoes because they had to eat them a lot in the depression and she like refuses to eat potatoes now
1: I can understand how that how that might Mm -hmm. come about
0: yeah um okay so Idaho we have Charlie aka slimy slim aka the twilight dragon of payette lake
1: (laughs) slimy slim is the best thing ever (laughs) And I'm so going to find out if there's (laughs) t-shirts. There
0: probably are. There has to be. (laughs) Okay. So the first sighting um, occurred in 1920. Workers were cutting logs at the lake. And they saw what they said was a log that was moving. Okay. So in 1944, and that was just all they said about that one. In 1944... This, what they now call a serpent, was reported by several groups of people. They described the serpent as being 30 to 35 feet in length, a dinosaur-style head, pronounced jaws, and humps like a camel, with shell-like skin. Sorry, your dog is in the
1: background being adorable.
0: She's breathing heavy because <laughs> she got to
1: pee. <laughs> she's like, she's looking like she keeps like peeking up, like looking so she can see the camera, like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> okay, we go to September 1946, and the serpent was reported by a group of 20 people. I guess a doctor was one of them, Dr. Taylor of Nampa, Idaho. And this is a quote. It appeared to be between 30 and 40 feet long and seemed to keep diving into the air. It left a wake about like a small motorboat would make. And this is in a lake, or yeah, it's a lake. Um, Charlie was reported by dozens of people dozens of times between 1956 and the last documented sighting, which was 2002. Over 5,000 acres of clean, still water surrounded by t- towering pines and Douglas fir. At the deepest, darkest point of the lake, it goes to 392 feet, which is
1: massive. Yeah. Scary Anything deep. To be living in there. So, listen to this, though. This says, some are aware of the story that of the monster that lurks beneath the water surface of um, Payette Lake. The legend goes back hundreds of years. It is said that the Native Americans who lived in the region told stories of an evil spirit inhabiting the still and seemingly bottomless waters of the lake.
0: Oh. 392 feet is is deep for a lake. Yes. And considering, like, it's not, obviously not man-made, it's glacier-made, so that's completely possible.
1: As a Texan, Um, I have a heart, like... All lakes in Texas are man-made. Really? Yes. So. it's crazy. I don't really even. I don't know that I've ever seen a not man-made lake in real life. What? I don't. I mean, I'm not a lake person, again, because of the alligator gar. Yeah. Uh, and all of the other shit that's in there. So, I'm not like a. I'm, I'm definitely not like a lake girl. Yeah. But I'm I have been to a lake in Oklahoma. There's got to
0: be rivers in Texas that connect to lakes.
1: That's just I how the world works. That all lakes in Texas are man-made. I believe that is the, that is a fact.
0: Wow. We have a huge lake where I'm from. Like, we have a few, actually, that, but there's a big one. Um, I mean, there's really two big ones. Lake Hartwell and Lake Kiwi. And there's always been, like, rumors of huge Volkswagen bug-sized catfish Catfish. at the bottom of these lakes, and I've never been about that life, ever. It's pretty scary.
1: Okay, apparently they're not all man-made. Caddo Lake in East Texas is typically referred to as the only natural lake, but it's Apparently more more like a swamp than a lake.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know. Like I don't I don't know that I've ever been to a natural lake.
0: Well, you need to go now.
1: I know. Well, I mean, you're not going to enjoy I, it though. The alligator garden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> because if that lake has been there, is natural and it's been there a fucking long time. There's no telling what's living at the bottom of it.
1: Exactly. And like at the ocean, I have this whole like. I worry a little about sharks, mm-hmm. but my theory is just don't be the juiciest thing like like that's easily accessible. Like make sure that there's somebody that looks juicier than you like a little further out. <laughs> like take Caroline with you because she has the juiciest ass. <laughs> Girl, you and I would both have to stay together. We because- <laughs> like if it's just if it's just skinny girls that are like out further than you like that's not like the sharks might pass that up and be like no not us though I'm not interested in that I'm looking for a little bit more of a meaty bite <laughs> so <laughs> kind of gauge like who's around you is there a juicy person let that person go over that's it. hilarious and here's the thing I know everybody's going to be like that's the most ridiculous shit ever but here's the deal I have yet to be attacked by a shark so as far as I'm concerned my theory is a hundred percent accurate.
0: <laughs> I don't go in the ocean past my knees, so that's why I'm not attacked by sharks.
1: Fun fact: bull sharks can swim in water that shallow. You need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I always go to the beach, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna wade in a little bit, and then like somehow by two o'clock, I'm like, okay, but what if we swim to the second sandbar? Like, <laughs> what
0: happens? <laughs> uh, uh-uh. I'll swim in rivers. I'll swim yeah. in rivers, but not deep rivers. Mm -mm. I'm talking like Alabama rivers.
1: I I don't know. I mean, I would probably river. Okay. River over lake, I think. Although I don't know why.
0: Although it always scared me growing up. We would go tubing a lot in North Carolina and, you know, your butt is hanging out of the tube. Under no
1: circumstances is that a thing I am going to do.
0: But it, it's like, okay, you're, you're chilling and you're good and then you get to shallow water and the first rock hits your butt and you're like, what the fuck was that?
1: Yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> I do not enjoy the tubing for many reasons. Um, but the biggest one is that I don't really like my ash just like, yeah. just like hanging through this inner tube like, yeah, sure, come and take a nibble. It'll be fine. <laughs> Never mind the fact that you know how long it takes to get unstuck from those damn things. <laughs> like, it's, it's not like be- there's a quick exit if something bites you. <laughs> it's gonna be like a 15-minute process of me looking like a beetle trying to over <laughs> myself. Like, no. No, it's not gonna go well. I don't like it. Like
0: a it. turtle, it gets rolled over. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Every time people are like, "Oh, we're going tubing," I'm like, "No,
0: no." <laughs> I will still go. I love tubing.
1: Mm-mm. No, that is not my thing. I tried it. I lived in San Marcos. I tried tubing on the San Marcos River, where it's such a thing. Yeah, because the river basically like runs right through the university campus. Mm. So like just hanging out at the park where the river comes in is like the thing. No, that water's disgusting, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, I know many of y'all drunk fuckers are getting out to pee, so... Ew. Which I is love- funny, because your reaction to my ball pit thing was like, oh my god, the germs. And I'm like, but you tube. I don't understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because... I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, I don't have an explanation.
1: <laughs> I don't have an explanation as to why the why tubing bothers me, and yet the gigantic, like... The gigantic Chuck E. Cheese ball pit is like, yes, hold my shoes.
0: (laughs) I just know how dirty and germy kids are.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, how dirty and germy humans are. Period. Look, we just had an entire year where we had to reteach everybody how to wash their hands. The poor babies. They didn't know. (sighs) It's very I get, hey, I
0: get my second dose in two weeks. Yay! Wait, actually, next Friday I get it.
1: Yay! I'm so I'm excited. excited for you. How did you do with the first one?
0: I was good. So my arm was heavy, um, and I was just, like, really fucking tired, but I didn't have any other symptoms. Did so you? Which vaccine did you get? Pfizer.
1: Me too. Yeah. I think it's... When I read about it... Um, I would have chosen that one if I had gotten a choice. I just lucked into getting the one I would have chosen, but I really think the like the people that have had the worst issues with side effects um, were Moderna. Yeah, and everybody- I, mean, I know the Johnson and Johnson. There's a whole thing going on with that. I don't know about. I don't know anybody who had that one and had any kind of major symptoms. So.
0: I had to go take my dog out because she's being crazy, and my husband's not answering my text messages.
1: So you know for sure he was definitely not listening to you earlier. <laughs>
0: just, texts. that <laughs> is known. <laughs> Thank you so much for the continued support. Please find and follow us at Wildenbook Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash If you're looking for bonus content, early episode releases, f- and free merch, find us on patreon.com slash If you have any weird, creepy, or wow, I can't believe this happened moments, please reach out because we want to hear them. Our email is wildandwokepodcast at
1: gmail.com. And remember, all stories start somewhere. Be wild, stay woke, and question everything.